everyone welcome back to my channel i am anushka and in this episode i had the pleasure of speaking with the publishing ninja shreya pun she has worked both at harper collins and penguin random house as an editor you will learn a lot not just about the book publishing industry but how a book gets published and the story behind writing a particular book and you will also get some amazing recommendations the time steps are in the description box below and comments as well so you can check out the uh, you can check out the podcast based on the topics you are interested in and yeah with that said let's just quickly get started with this video or the podcast please tell me something about yourself and my audience we would love to know about you okay um so i'm shreya I run the editor recommends on Instagram. I started my um, adulting as an engineer and decided that that wasn't the path for me. And I loved books and English and the language, so I requested my dad to let me pursue my dreams and my passion. And he said, "Okay, go for it." So I then okay. did a postgraduate course and uh, postgraduate diploma in mass comm and journalism. Started off my a career as a health reporter at mint which is hindustan times's business uh, newspaper mm-hmm. wahan pe also though <laughs> what happened is it required too much extroverting which at that point i wasn't well equipped <laughs> to handle okay. and i thought okay <laughs> okay Typical i book nerd <laughs> yes <laughs> i need to go to publishing because that's that's where anyway my ambition was and that's where my heart was So uh, I approached Penguin Random House and Harper Collins. Both of them were gracious enough to have liked me, and I chose Harper Collins as my first job as, in publishing. Had a brilliant four years there. Uh, then moved on to Penguin, and I've published great books here as well. And now I I consult as an editor. I am no longer full time. I don't. I no longer have a full time job, but I love the freedom that comes with consulting because I can. offer a lot more of my creative services to a lot different a lot of different brands and hmm. uh, that's exciting so how did you transition from engineering to a totally different field that is literature and publishing um so the thing is when i was doing my engineering i realized that while i love science and i still do i'm a huge love for i have a huge love for everything to do with electronics and instrumentation <clears throat> and you know just the whole vast array that is engineering hmm. i <clears throat> knew that in the long term i couldn't sustain it as a career because it was just not a good fit for me temperamentally um and when i reached that realization i was also at that point in my third year of engineering which is when most you know big companies come to your campus and they start telling you why you must apply to their company mm. and why it's the best place and this and that and at one such seminar i was sitting there yawning and i pulled out a pen and paper which the company had given for us <laughs> to take notes about how great the yeah. company is ah, and wow. so i wrote down all the all the other skills i had hmm. which could then translate into earning a living right because in the end you need money and yeah. you can't i i don't come from a wealthy family so to say i'm privileged mm-hmm. yes but not quite up to that level <laughs> and i saw that that english uh, language skills and a deep passion for books could translate into a career which is publishing and because i love books so much i knew all about 
the publishers who uh, mm-hmm. were doing great work in India. Okay. And once I reached that realization that okay, I have the skill set. I may not necessarily have the degree, but mm-hmm. what I lacked in a degree, I could make up for in the amount of books I had read, in the kind of passion I brought to the fore, and also you know engineering teaches you to be very jugadu. So <laughs> you're also able to think. Uh, from a yeah. data driven standpoint math doesn't scare you uh, mm. nor does uh, you know things like taking a risk scare you because that's science it's pretty yeah. risky mm. so all those skills or all those uh, temperamental you know changes that have happened in me helped me in pivoting and oh. uh, so once you know number one number two things were clear i was like mm. okay अब इंजीनियरिंग ग्रेजुएट को तो क्रिएटिव रोल में फटाफट नहीं लेंगे सो हाउ डू आई शो दैट आई एम क्रिएटिव एग्जैक्टली दैट्स माय पॉइंट या इफ गुड एंड देन फॉर अबाउट द नेक्स्ट मंथ आई स्टार्टेड लुकिंग एट व्हाट इंटर्नशिप्स आई कुड डू व्हिच वर अगेन एट द इंटरसेक्शन ऑफ माय डिग्री एंड व्हाट आई वांटेड टू बी एंड दैट लेड मी टू ओनली वन थिंग व्हिच वाज यू नो दिस मैगजीन कॉल्ड डिजिट व्हिच डज गैजेट रिव्यूज एंड आई सेड हे यू नो दे रिक्वायर राइटिंग Uh-huh. and they review uh, gadgets so great i was with gadgets i can write and huh. that was a great internship and i was there for 3 months learned a lot from the team there brilliant set of colleagues and uh, just like very passionate people about computers and laptops hmm. and uh, other consumer electronics and wahan se i got that creative tag so then i hmm. knew that okay now that i have this i need a formal degree in something more creative and the post graduate diploma course seemed like a good fit because it was also short right and it wouldn't cost my parents a lot of money because you know you, you also have the option of going abroad but i didn't want to do that because it just didn't seem like a good um you know it didn't seem like a good investment of money and uh, the world works in connections to be honest yes, so that's what i did i made sure that I did my postgraduate diploma really well. I made sure that I was top of the class, so that I knew that my teachers would then place me at the best newspaper. Hmm. And at that point, Mint really was the best newspaper. I think in some ways it still it still is. is. It uh, still is. But I have a bias for it, obviously. And uh, <laughs> they paid well. They the newsroom was, you know, this wonderful place to connect and learn, and uh, also. I had mentors who told me that okay, you know, do this or do that to improve mm-hmm. on your reportage, and I was always more inclined towards editing because I didn't particularly crave the bylines. I was like, okay, I mean, as long as good content is being put out there, as long as it's helping people understand something better mm-hmm. or informing them, I'm not very big on the bylines. And even okay. during my postgraduate diploma. they teach you to know where your strength lies does it lie in editing or does it lie in writing and there also i was keeping a track of which assignments was i scoring the highest in and which assignments made me most excited and that so it was it was during your journalism your know degree that you realized that you wanted to transition into publishing and being an editor it wasn't before yeah. that you wanted to be an editor no right? no i knew i knew the publishing mein jana to hai i want to do something mm-hmm. with books but you know publishing also has a lot of different roles yeah. that many people play so mm. how do you know for a fact that you want to be the person behind a book how do you know that mm. you have the capability uh, or the skills 
to be able to judge a good idea from bad to be able to judge good prose from average prose and uh, you need to be sure of your skills because unless you're not sure of those and those again you have to have some metrics for it right you need to right. see are you doing well in that particular field what is the feedback you're receiving from people who've been editing for 20 years uh, and who have lots of experience i is it again is it a good fit temperamentally because passion is great hmm. but will you be able to sustain it sustain it and i have this question just now you spoke about the how how do you select the prose which ones you should select and which ones you shouldn't it's about you were saying about the proposals right the proposals yes so how yes. do you actually select now now uh, being a part of publishing provides you with a lot of access to data as to what kinds of books are doing well internationally and in india you're also a lot more clued in but just to begin with my simple question is is this a book i as a reader would pay money for okay is this a book uh, and i'm very passionate about bringing out books which actually add value in specifically in indian's life hmm. because just mirroring the west doesn't work for us no uh, our readership is vastly different we're still a growing nation we don't have the kind of privilege it needs to be able to think about you know the quote unquote deeper stuff we need uh we need tips on how to make it in the world we need yeah. books that can help us upskill that show right. us a facet of life that is either aspirational or is implementable so that was my right. goal going in that when i want to publish books i want to publish books which help any person who picks them up whether it's somebody in delhi mm-hmm. uh, or it's somebody in a tier 3 city who can read english who wants to read indian authors who finds western authors a little too complicated to understand and also a little True. you know uh, cut off from the kind of challenges we face in india yeah. so my metrics were very simple in that sense because i dealt mostly in non fiction uh, in fiction of course again the basic question remains the same is this a book i as a very well read reader mm-hmm. would pick up is this a book that is delightful is it a book that has ex- has either has an excellent idea or has the kind of you know writing that makes you pause and say oh wow ah. this person has captured a certain feeling just so well uh, you know in a way that you instantly relate to it hmm. or that instantly makes you empathetic towards the writing so okay. those are basic parameters uh, other factors also play which are uh, is the author willing to you know publicize the book is the author willing to by publicize the book i mean are they willing to speak to the media as arranged by the publishing mm-hmm. house are they willing to interact with their readers are they willing to go you know above and beyond the role of just writing a book and putting it out there uh-huh. to genuinely build a community so you analyze that as well so are and, there still uh, so are there still mm-hmm. many writers who do, who are not willing to publicize their books i wouldn't say they're not willing to i would mm-hmm. say it's again a case of you know they hesitant uh, writing no writing a bo- book is extremely uh, tiring it's also an extremely lonely process so once you've sort of written it and you've hit the submit button to your publisher uh-huh. send the email you feel the sense of and this is i'm just speaking from mm-hmm. the conversations i've had with the authors i've published you feel like okay my job is done 
right? Because I had to write the book. I thought of it. I sat down. I spent months slaving over mm-hmm. my laptop. And now it's out of me. It's done. So now to then tell them that you also have to do this, you also have to do that. Of course, there's a sense of, I'd say, uh, some bit of fatigue as well. Because mm-hmm. it's not like the book sales landscape in India is extremely exciting. A mm-hmm. bestseller here is 10,000 copies. So an author does wonder that how much will my talking about it work? That's Your role it. as an editor, does it include marketing the book and sales as well? Because here you said that writers sometimes are involved in publicizing the book. Does that go the same with the editors as well? Or is there work no, just, so just ends if with editing? So if you're publishing the book, you're also involved in its marketing. You're also involved in its sales. Of course, there's a dedicated team of trained mm-hmm. professionals who are highly competent at the job. But they also need direction, right? Because big mm-hmm. publishing houses have a lot of volume of books coming out every single month. So if the editor is able to brief them correctly, if the editor is able to instantly tell them this is what the book is about, uh, this is the kind of marketing that would work for this book, it makes the job of the sales and marketing teams just slightly more easier because they then have, so editors are also, you know, they're opinion makers and they are uh, taste makers. So when an editor who you assume Uh has their finger on the pulse is telling you, this is the next big fiction book. The sales team looks up to them for that because it's their opinion that they're getting paid for, right? And how often do you come up with that thought? As oh, we have to do it for every book we're publishing. All my colleagues are very okay. much a part of the marketing and the sales. No, uh, no, how often does that feeling that this is the next bestseller fiction or this is the next next bestseller non-fiction come? I mean, we all hope for that, but it's <laughs> okay. a rare feeling. It's a rare it's... feeling you when you know that this is a book that's going to make it big. Okay, so it's a rare feeling. And does it dishearten you, of course, if one of your, you genuinely felt that this book would work and it doesn't with the masses, but you're still attached to that book. Of course, it would hurt you because at the end of the day, I, I feel like your job as being an editor, uh, once you are into, a, once you start reading a manuscript and you edit it, that book also, I think, becomes a part of you as well. I mean, you also feel like a writer, do you? Uh, does that become your baby as well? Like your oh yeah, yeah it's definitely a co-parenting situation yes yes, yes. <laughs> it's it's your baby as well it's it's your baby it's almost like the parents leaving their child and dropping them off in school so <laughs> just like your teacher is actively involved in your in you know shaping you up to hmm. be a certain kind of human being um, hmm. but you also have your parents who are clearly your primary caregivers yeah uh, so you know like when a it's almost like when a child becomes super successful and comes back to the huh. school and says, hi, ma'am, you remember me? It's the same with editors. Like, hi, hi, editor, do you remember me? This book is a bestseller. And you're like, yes, mm. yes. Of course I do. I always knew it. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm already attached to a book. Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk about the process of publishing. Hmm. What is the process from the proposal? How do you actually get proposals, firstly? And how yeah. then does it turn into a manuscript and you getting on back and forth with the with the writers and then marketing and sales and... The process is something like this. In India, mm-hmm. we do have literary agents. Uh, in the West, however, if you see the blogs and everything, you'll realize that all proposals need to come with an agent because that's just a first, 
you know uh, shunting off the good ideas versus the truly trash ideas in india direct commissioning is uh, something we all do we do reach out to people with an idea somebody whom mm-hmm. we think could you know deliver a great book uh, in fiction though mostly and i'll talk first about fiction mm-hmm. ideally you should approach an agent you should have the full manuscript ready mm-hmm. at least the first draft of of it ready you approach an agent they help you tidy it up and make it more presentable they mm-hmm. create a proposal for you which they then send to various commissioning editors and publishing houses and the agent is then responsible for making sure that they are sending this particular book to the right kind of commissioning editor who is either okay. interested in this topic or is uh, you know passionate about it uh, so okay. if i got a fiction proposal i would probably pass it on to a colleague because i specialize in a certain kind of non fiction hmm. uh, and vice versa so an agent makes that task easier which is finding the right commissioning editor now within the publishing house let's say i as the commissioning editor love the proposal i will then have to take it up with my team my larger editorial team which includes the publisher my colleagues senior editors and we discuss the proposal its merits its demerits why we think this is a good fit why we think it might not be a good fit uh how do we think we'll be able to market it what do we as the publisher bring to the table for the author because in the end the the dominating thought amongst us is if you're not able to do anything for the author with the kind of resources we have it's best for the author to then find a different home for their book you know uh, because you hmm. also want to be able to make this an enjoyable experience for the author right so once the edit meeting maybe decide that okay this proposal sounds good to go we then take mm-hmm. it to something called acquisitions where then the sales and marketing and legal teams also vet the proposal they gave in their thoughts and then we all of us have a consensus as to what our vision for the book is does it go as a paperback does it go as a hardback do we want this do we want that what is the print run we're looking at at what price point do we think that the target readership will be you know that the target readership will be happy to pay so okay. you keep all of this in mind and then you decide on publishing and all this happens just on the basis of the proposal before the final yes. manuscript is ready no so the fiction uh, you will have the final manuscript also with you by final okay. i mean again the first or second draft okay uh, you it's as close to the final product maybe say at a 75% or 80% stage the okay. remaining 20% the, the finesse of it comes mm-hmm. with a process we called the development ed- edit and the copy edit okay but for fiction you need to have the full manuscript and where does your role fit in like the editor's role where does it come so once we know that we definitely want to publish the book mm-hmm. uh, the contract is signed and that's when the commissioning editor takes the dons the hat of a developmental editor and that's when i will sit with the author or whoever the author's editor is we, uh-huh. they will sit with them and go through it and see what the flow of the book is does it match are there any improvements required mostly okay. there are um, <laughs> and mm-hmm. ideally the editor and author have already had this talk once before mm-hmm. in the sense of whether our visions match or not and okay. it's only after that that you take it through the other processes but at this stage the editor will give you bigger plot plot point or character arcs to work on in case they require working then once this process is done you're close to about say 85% of completion stage 
Mm-hmm. And then it goes into copywriting, which is when you know you dot the i's and cross the t's, and okay. you look at grammar and punctuation, and you know the absolute minutiae of uh, making sure the book is as close to perfection as possible. So the editor can uh, bring changes to the plot as well, like the story. We line? can advise the author. We can advise the advise. author that you know maybe maybe not this ending, but perhaps this. maybe okay. she doesn't go to this village but somebody from the village comes to her okay. uh these are suggestions we offer we don't make mm-hmm. the edits no edit in the manuscript is made without the express consent of the author okay okay yeah. and how do some how does someone contact a literary literary agent like if they how are they contact a literary they have no contact yeah. they're just a budding author debut author how do they contact so they can reach out to me and i will point them in the right direction uh, my dms are always open and i'm usually pretty quick to respond um but if you're looking for I resources for that <laughs> if you're looking for resources for this uh, you have the some of the best agents whom i know are meeta kapoor from siyahi there's kanishka gupta from the writers side there's anish chandy of labyrinth uh, and others uh, so there's also a suitable agency run by himali sodi uh these are people i've worked with and they're wonderful uh you also have to understand that these people receive so many proposals in a week it's a little insane so there's a lot of backlog because most agencies are one to five member teams uh okay. and you, you have to always be empathetic to the fact that there is a real life human person on the hmm. other side who has to sit and read, read a lot of text to be able to come back to you with the next steps so if you have that in mind it will inform the way you also write the first email uh, the contact details of all these people are available on the internet they all have great websites they all have they're all on social media thankfully they're also on linkedin they're also on twitter so what i advise most people to do is see where this these people are most active on everybody has one or two platforms they love more okay. uh, so twitter usually is the best place because you have to be on twitter mm. instagram can get a little crazy what with the number of notifications one receives mm. don't just you know cold pitch try forming a relationship with the person whom you wish to contact sure. and by this i mean you know comment on their posts um, right. write something insightful be be visible be seen because i know for a fact the top 20 people who've been following me since day 0 uh, are people whom i can tell you you know who they are what their profiles yeah. look like what yes. kind of books they like to read and i want yeah. these people were to tell me that hey today i have a book idea i would be more inclined to help them because we've had a history Uh, yeah. there is a personal relationship there so they I, have checked in with me i have you know uh, or things like that yes. so wo sab karo yaar thoda mehnat dalo agar idea do mahine baad pitch karna hai to do mahine pehle se taiyari shuru kar do taki they know who you are ha ha theek hai so another question that i have is just now you said that um, the process can get tiring for the author and i feel like for the editor as well so what are the few things that we as readers or just the normal uh, people don't know about uh, the editing process the publishing the struggles and the challenges that come up with it and the skills that are involved so the skills are the easier bit okay um the skills needed to edit a book 
are quite honestly just an appreciation for good language and the ability to be 100% empathetic for the needs of the target reader, which is why it's very important for authors and editors to know who is that one person whom you're writing this book for? Because if there's one, there will be millions. Like that's huh. just how data works, right? Okay. And hmm. extrapolation works. So hmm. you're try your your end goal in editing is with each iteration of the text, you're mm-hmm. taking it one step closer for the reader's experience to be more joyful. Hmm. Or and joy can be inform information driven. It can also be emotion driven. Uh, but it should be joyful. Like you know, I could be reading something as serious as a book on bodily autonomy. Oh, sorry. Can we scratch that? I could be reading something as serious as a book on body anatomy and still find it delightful, right? Uh, So that's technically the skill you need to be a very well-read person, to have read Mm -hmm. diversely, to have read not just uh, the bestsellers, but also other books which you have a fine appreciation for, to have read tweets, to have read book reviews, to have read different kinds of articles or you know, the written word can take many shapes. So you should hmm. technically be well-versed in all. Okay. Uh, now, you can obviously learn this formally through a degree in mm-hmm. the fine arts. But many editors whom I know who are really, really good at the jobs don't have uh, an English honors degree, uh, yourself, myself included. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so... <laughs> I don't. Uh, I but don't you know have how much it that is. love for reading. Yeah, so I that is, for- I think, an, yeah, it's non-negotiable. You should also have hmm. some bit of uh, awareness around what's working in the market right now and what's not. And again, all hmm. of this basically boils down to: Do you read enough books? Correct. Do you read? So that's the skill. How many yeah, I have uh, books this. have you read? Typical question. How many um, books have I read? I, don't have a count for you but on an average I end up reading somewhere between 80 to 100 books a year mm-hmm. okay yeah when I was younger this number was a lot more uh, <laughs> but now that I read as for a living and now mm. because we all have Instagram and I love you uh, <laughs> and Twitter and Reddit uh, <laughs> my there's only so much one can read in a day <laughs> Right. So, um, but social media, has the social media changed the game in book publishing as well? Oh, 100%. I mean, you have wow. Colleen who was selling millions of copies because BookTok because loved her. Yeah. Yeah. And BookTok <laughs> has created so many stars. And unfortunately, I have bought every single BookTok crazy, craze book and they have all unless they're really good, mostly disappointed me mm-hmm. uh, because, and this is no, uh, I'm not judging them. It's just that mm. like, there are better books out there, guys. There are better books. Uh, discover better authors. Yeah. Discover different kinds of authors. Huh. There's so much out there. But I'm sure that they'll get to it. It's fine. It's all okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like your reading phase also develops over time. It's Yeah, yeah for sure. For you sure. initially you start-, start with you initially start yeah, so with the popular problem. ones, the bestsellers. Yes. So, yeah. You know, and that's a great place more. to start because yeah. you're also then being able to participate in certain discussions. You're also uh, able to say that, how many people are here? Many people You'll find a lot more people reading uh, yeah. the same thing and there's a hmm. the, you bond with those people. 
But yes. now if your reading journey stops just there, that's where I have a problem. Especially if you're serious about books. If you're just a casual reader, if you mm-hmm. don't aspire to become an author or a part of publishing, you can't stop at just the popular books. You have to have depth and you know width in terms of what you're reading. So this is a caveat only for those who are interested in books professionally. Okay, this read is a... whatever, man. As long as you're reading, I'm happy. Like read. <laughs> Another question that I have is, this one is personal. I recently experienced reading slump because mm. I feel like I was reading too much, reviewing books for the channel and stuff like that. Do you, as um, an editor, because now that you've read so many books, uh, does that come often, a reading slump? And then how do you cope up, cope up with it? Because now it's your job uh, now. So how do you cope Yeah. There's a joke in publishing and as soon as you become an editor, you stop reading for pleasure because, you know, mm. you're doing it every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, this is also one of the reasons why I chose uh, non-fiction over fiction as a professional path because mm-hmm. I was like, Cholo, with every new non-fiction book, you learn something new mm-hmm. uh, and you can have one degree of separation between your work life and your personal reading choices. Yes. So, reading slumps come often. Mm-hmm. And I especially struggle with them because one bad book, which is a lot of like labor of love in terms of reading it, if it mm-hmm. doesn't satisfy me, if it doesn't bring me joy, I'm just like, okay, oh. this is all a pointless exercise. Why do I even try? <laughs> because, you know, for every reader knows that when you're yeah. invested in a book, oh, you are so invested. So invested. It, yeah, no, it doesn't make me cry. No. Yeah, you can be a book in a movie, I don't care. But if something slightly sad happens in a book i am weeping i am i become the protagonist i behave like the protagonist i remember that's me yeah i consider myself the protagonist each and every time i read a book and like i think my worst phase was when i was when i was in my gone girl phase because i (laughs) i am (laughs) i am i am am the cool girl (laughs) But not oh, the cool girl. Not so, um, yeah, so I think books are a big investment for me. I'm very picky about what I read. And mm-hmm. uh, when slumps happen, it's usually because a certain number of books haven't been delivering the mm-hmm. kind of hits you require to keep yes. on going on. Yeah. Uh, and in that case, I then just, uh, I let it be. I sit with my slump for a bit. I'm like, oh, hi, oh. old friend. Welcome. <laughs> let a slump it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I will then watch some mindless reality TV. Mm-hmm. I will then maybe read a nice article because articles mm-hmm. are less investments of time. It's mm-hmm. a few scrolls and you're done. Mm-hmm. I will then perhaps go on Reddit and look at what other people are talking about books because that also brings a lot of joy. So I'm still thinking about books, but I'm not involved in one. And once the slump has had two, three days with me, I feel like, okay, now... Like a polite house guest, you must leave. And how do you leave? I then start <laughs> looking for which is a book which will get me that dopamine hit quicker. And for me, these are thrillers. I love a good thriller. Yes. If you can surprise me, I mean, nothing like it. But if you hmm. can even make me go like, okay, yeah, I was right, but this was good. Hmm. Uh, I'm happy with that. So yeah. the, the book that gets you out of the slump requires the most research. So you will see me like an investigative reporter looking at Goodreads and Amazon and then seeing what the bad reviews about uh, are they trolls? 
और आर जेनुनली अनहैपी पीपल विद द बुक तो आई रिसर्च करके आई रीच ऑन लाइक टू थ्रिलर आई रीड दम बोथ इन वन वन डे एंड क्रेविंग फॉर अ मोर सेटिस्फाइंग रीड एंड देन आई गो बैक टू अ बुक विच इज मोर रिस्पेक्टेबल कैन गो ऑन द ग्राम इज वेरी लिटरली It's shortlisted or longlisted, so you go through the whole gamut. But now coming to some Indian bestsellers or some Indian underrated books that I want recommendation from. Okay, ah, uh, <laughs> one fiction that I want everybody who is watching this video will ever watch it to read is ah uh, Tanul Solanki's new book called Manji's Mayhem. Manji's Mayhem. It is yes. It's not okay. underrated because I. I think it deserves all the ratings it gets, but yes, I think the more people talk about the book, the better it is. It's just two hundred mm-hmm. pages. Okay. Every single sentence is crafted to perfection, and I very rarely say this about Indian fiction. I think most Indian fiction is overwritten, overexplained, but Tanuj has clearly done a lot of research into how to craft the perfect crime noir novel, and it shows. I mean, it's set in Bombay. It's about uh, Manji, who's the protagonist, and it's this epic tale of you know a bag of money, a mm-hmm. small love interest, and mm-hmm. just go 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 action. And not action in the sense like a Rohit Shetty movie, but action in the sense that there's a lot happening in the book, which keeps you okay. um, in nonfiction because it's the New Year, mm. um, and also because the last. Two years have been just a little heavy, in the sense of the mm. pandemic. Then getting over the pandemic, then realizing that the, you can't get over the pandemic. It's left scars on all of us. Yeah. Uh, this is book by uh, Aruna Gopakumar and Yashodhra Lal called "And How Do You Feel About That." Uh, it's a book that yeah. tells you what therapy can do for you. So it's about fifty stories of people and their mm-hmm. therapy session. Mm-hmm. uh and you know once you read it there are mm-hmm. several stories that you will connect with that oh this has happened with me as well mm. and you will feel okay. validated you mm-hmm. will also feel that oh i never thought this could this was actually a problem because most of us think you know this is our lot and we must deal with it like our mm-hmm. families are unsupportive but ha india mein to aise hi hota hai Correct. your parents are uh, mean to you ha but you know their parents like india their mein aise hi hota hai Huh. Yeah, uh, you know, and you have certain quirks. Yeah, I'm just weird. No, you're not. There's there's reasons for it. Your brain has developed a certain way, and therapy can help you unpack that. And if you so wish to, it can also help you improve. Yes. It'll make you cry. It's a very oh, nice book. Like, there's no way in hell that you will not think of certain stories in context to your life, because man, they've done some really good work here. Okay. Okay, I can now. And the last one is my favorite, which is mm-hmm. this one. It's Doctor Cuthbert's okay. book. I saw it on your story. Uh, this yes, is this has been uh, recently launched, right? Yes, it's just okay. come out, and I mm-hmm. think it's like, dude. If we had read this book when we were teenagers, we would have uh-huh. so much less shame around our bodies. We would be so much more open to talking about mm. pleasure. I mean, we all yes. deserve pleasure. Uh, I don't <laughs> right. know why they're so tight-lipped about it, and see the cover is so um, you know family-friendly with it just is. her face on it, and she's clearly a doctor. <laughs> but it is beautiful. Her. The cover yeah, is beautiful, very, like the but the actually, I want to 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to focus on the family friendly thing because if your dad sees this book on your bed, he's not going <laughs> to think about uh vaginas and mm-hmm. he's going to think, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's a book on the body." Yeah. So you can read it safely anywhere, which mm-hmm. I know is a big concern for most people. You don't want to be a 50 shades of gray situation in India where you're covering it in the newspaper <laughs> right. and reading yeah. it on the metro. Mm-hmm. Um inshallah we'll reach a place in our society also where we're unabashed about what we like and what we don't yeah so mm-hmm. another fiction book that i thought was brilliant was mm-hmm. arvind jayan's book it's i think his first book yeah it's his mm-hmm. first book it's called teen couple have fun outdoors uh, again it's a short book because mm-hmm. i know indians love short books most indians jaldi khatam ho jaye ha ha so teen couple have fun outdoors was brilliant i kept thinking about the book for i think a good 8 days which is a record for me like i usually i'm done whatever i need to think about it i'll put it in my diary and get over with it but it's uh-huh. about uh, this one family and uh-huh. their eldest son and uh-huh. his girlfriend's mms is our all porn sites okay. now could there be a bigger scandal in india than this no <laughs> so how does a family that wants to pretend that it's progressive mm-hmm. deals okay. with the aftermath of yeah mm. everybody being unka beta ha hmm so okay. it's not a funny story mm-hmm. but what makes it fun is the number of times you'll chuckle at the prose because you're like agar hamare ghar mein ye hota to hamare sath bhi yehi hota in non fiction if there's one book that you read internationally it's 4000 weeks okay it's by oliver buckman mm-hmm. uh if you think every single influencer who's talking about hustle mm-hmm. keep working till you mm-hmm. fall dead mm-hmm. aur sab kuch karo par aaram mat karo matlab aaram karo correct ha ha ye jo bakwas aapko din bhar sunne ko milti hai aur jiske bare mein shayad aap sochte ho ki ha main bhi i will keep a track of my minute by minute agar aap agar aap multitasking nahi kar rahe ho to you are doing something very bad matlab yeah, like, hmm. exactly so hmm. if all of that you know productivity gyan has bogged you down and made you feel bad about your life and your levels of productivity in general hmm. or if you're just somebody who wants to know how to manage their time but okay. in a realistic empathetic smart way please read 4000 weeks it's a book that will change your life it changed mine it brought me a lot of peace and lessons in chemistry brilliant book amazing fantastic i think you've been talking about it on your insta as well yeah so lessons in chemistry na ha yeah i only talk about books which i genuinely like so <laughs> lessons in chemistry is it for me internationally i think it had the most impact on me it was one of those books that i started at 10 pm after dinner and i slept at 5:30 am oh, because God. i had to those are the best books Mm. yeah it's mm. just so good and this is a best seller and mm-hmm. this has made a lot of hype around the world and this is one of those best sellers that you're like yeah, yeah. this this is this 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 is also this is one underrated uh, beautiful book called once there were wolves by mm-hmm. charlotte mcgonaghy okay. i think i was randomly like looking at books in general i was on various publishing websites and just looking at the catalogs mm-hmm. and i downloaded this is an audiobook because okay. at that point i was walking my dog a lot and i needed mm-hmm. something to hear mm-hmm. 
I think it's one of the most beautiful, breathtaking book that involves things I never thought I would like, which is uh, environment conservation. Okay. Uh, I usually prefer that in non-fiction format, uh-huh. but this is fiction, and you feel terrified for what could happen to the world if we all didn't just suddenly wake up to the fact that we're ruining our environment. It involves wolves, okay. and it has a murder mystery. Okay, and it's gorgeously written. It's mm-hmm. set in a beautiful locale, which makes it all the more terrifying. Because you know, when there's so much beauty, you stop thinking about your fears. But that's where you actually should think about them, because all of that beauty could go away. So, again, it's an underrated gem, beautifully written, mm-hmm. will make you cry hundred percent. It's just so tender, and it's an ode to. the magnificent beast that is a wolf mm-hmm. and a larger eye opening slap across the face to all of us who have no regard for the environment my last message for your wonderful viewers uh, would be that don't be intimidated by the thought of reading a book you also don't have to stick to a bad book if you're not liking it please put it down you can come back mm-hmm. to it later uh, find a book that delivers the kind of emotion you want it to deliver and i promise you the payoff you'll have after reading a good book is far more than watching anything on tv True. or your laptop and i say this as somebody who's watched literally every single trashy reality tv show every single big tv show that's come out in the last 2 years i'm an avid tv watcher myself but mm-hmm. the kind of peace and intellectual development i feel post reading a book is unparalleled it's yeah, yeah. it's unparalleled yeah I, so you know start small start with something quick and see where your book re- reading journey takes you and don't let anyone shame you for your book choices uh yeah that's my last question okay what do you feel about when people shame some people on their reading choices like you shouldn't read a romance you shouldn't read uh, read one of those uh, fiction you should only read non fiction because that's good for your dev- mental health and development of your mind body what what do you have to say if someone wants to build a reading habit uh, what are the tips shame so them. first of all if you're somebody who shames people on the reading choices uh you're a loser and uh, i don't know what insecurities you're battling that you need to think that every book you read has to be something that goes on your resume it doesn't not everything in life is about learning a skill practically exactly. you can you develop a lot of skills while reading fiction as well including romance so all these dude bros who say i only read non fiction i don't read romance romances for women or other people who are not as smart as i am uh maybe you should read a romance buddy <laughs> it will help you in life okay i read a lot of romance it brings me so much joy and what is life if not the pursuit of happiness Right. Yeah. So, and if you're a reader who's been shamed in the past, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. Please know that. I mean, I can say it. I'm a big reader. If you look at my thing, you'll be like, "Oh my God, she reads a lot." <laughs> so, if you need a little bit of validation that I can provide, <laughs> please read anything you can, anything that makes you happy. Read diverse things so that you're also growing because that's what reading is supposed to do. But grow at your own pace. Like relax. The world yeah. judges us too much. I mean, seriously. At some place, it has to stop. Let's yes. stop with books. 
yes uh thank you so much Shreya for being on this channel it was such lovely chatting with you i feel like i've made a new friend so yeah please check out her handle on instagram she is such amazing and yeah that's it okay bye thank you so much Rishka